So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Carissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Patty Rabbit here, just doing a little bit of sharing the knowledge. We are going to be talking a little bit about lasers today. And it's such a fun topic for me because I started out my whole walk down this aesthetic aisle with lasers, have always been such a huge fan of, you know, what they can do, amazing results people get with them. Um, so much that we called our uh, franchises loose and are now nationally offering those for folks that are wanting to do more of this aesthetics game. And um, and yeah, I'm super excited to be talking, really diving deep into what to look for in, in this aspect. Once again, welcome back, Marissa. Hi there. So we're going to be, and Marissa's super, I'm super excited because you have so much knowledge. You've really worked hard to get your just learn on when it comes down to lasers, you've kind of gone backwards from your original trainings of you, you really went heavy on the injectables, but then you went like, Hmm, there's definitely something to these lasers. Mm -hmm. No lasers are my passion. I mean, I live and breathe laser. I'm a trainer for luminous and I, I love if I'm, if I have a laser in my hand, I'm a happy girl. Yeah. Yeah. They do such good, good work. And can really um, get some really good traction. So this is more for the, the practitioners that are um, already kind of in this space, working in aesthetics, not knowing what to look for and how to navigate. There's a lot coming into the marketplace right now. You have a ton. Everybody has a machine, has a box out there. Everybody offers a white label opportunity. Um, and what that means is basically you can put your own brand on it in some cases, but what you have to look for initially are some really base fundamental pieces that are going to really make a difference in your practice. Obviously, um, IPL is still a hot number, right, Marissa? Everybody's still asking for IPL? There's a need for IPL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, laser hair removal is definitely a hot ticket. And, you know, now we're getting more into the Q-switch um, and radio frequency um, pieces that are very much, and not so much that radio frequency is, um, I'll let you get more on the clinical side of, of that conversation, Marissa, with radio frequency, but um, not so much that it's like full on laser, but it's more about like the, the power that comes through with radio frequency microneedling. Um, but it's all about the box and people are really pushing boxes. And if you have a practice already, you probably have had more than one occasion, you know, um, a rep coming in the door, you know, telling you this is the latest and greatest, and this is why you need to own it. Um, I've been in this space for about 12 years now, and I've had probably more conversations with reps than I can count. I can tell you one with a hundred percent certainty that these are educational conversations. These are pieces that are going to help you and um, don't avoid them, have them go in depth. In fact, go to the trainings, go all the things that they offer, um, get your knowledge on, but don't take it at face value either, because ultimately they have, you know, a goal. They have to sell a box. They have to sell a machine. So gather all your good information. We're going to dive a little deeper into what you can do alternatively when it comes down to finding good resources as well. But before I dive too deep into that, Marissa, what's your feel for what's happening right now with lasers in the marketplace? Uh, there's a new laser popping up every month, it seems. Mm -hmm. and there's 
a lot of similar technologies and it's just, and people are buying lasers from overseas. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, and so it's making it really hard for one to, um, you know, talk about different lasers. And so one of my passions, as we've talked about in the past is skin of color. So there's lasers out there that are being used on lighter skin types, but are they safe for darker skin types? Right. And there's that question too, because most of the studies are done on lighter skin types. So that, yeah, that's really what I'm seeing. And I think that, and you can talk about when to bring a laser in and, and when it's a good time. Mm -hmm. But like we said in the previous podcast, if you're doing injectables, you got to know the skin and lasers is going to be something that you're going to probably eventually want to bring in um, how to choose which, which laser is going to be, it's probably one of the most difficult decisions that I would, I don't know if you agree, Patty, as a med spa owner or a physician, which one to go with. Yeah. But, um, one thing that I've, I've seen is, um, there's lasers, there's lasers for one type of treatment. So there's a one for radio frequency and one for, IPL and one for laser hair removal. You're not going to find one. There are devices that are multi-platform, but usually those don't perform as well. Cause it's like calling like an all-in-one printer. Yes. <laughs> just, those don't last as long. Right. Cause there's, there's too many, it's just not, they can't multitask. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I agree. And, and you had said, you know, what, where to start, you know, obviously laser hair removal, is the machine that you want to have as a staple, um, in any med spa practice, you're always, that's kind of a bread and butter business. It's an easy one to sell. It's easy for people to, you know, it's, it's kind of a, sta a lifestyle standard now to do laser and you can definitely get a lot of traction with a, and definitely return on investment with a laser hair removal machine. But here's some of the, and I'll, we're actually going to cover all four um, of the categories, laser hair removal, IPL, Q-switch lasers, and radio frequency right now, radio frequency microneedling um, as well. Um, but to start with laser hair removal, you want to make sure that you are really informed about what type of laser hair removal machine you're getting. So we're big, huge fans of diodes. There's three, three main categories. Back in the day, it was all done with IPL, frequency, broad spectrum. And basically that's a lower, um, lower, more shallow. I'll let you get more into the clinical, Marissa, but my yeah. understanding is basically the lower, shallower type of treatment. It's very broad. It's multicolored. There's not a direct um, uh, concentration of the um, energy into the hair follicle. And so you kind of are getting everything all around it. Right. Is that pretty much yeah, it? Well, it's, more, it's more superficial. So right. very melanin absorbing. Right. And you can only treat lighter skin types with it because you will burn a darker skin type with IPL. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's very much evolved. That's one of the things that, you know, you need to be looking for is, are you buying an IPL that happens to do hair removal or are you truly buying a laser hair removal device? Um, the next thing is, you know, understand your crystals, understand your depths with each one of these crystals. You know, you've got your Alexandrite lasers, which are great for lighter skin tones. You've got a diode laser, um, and that's a crystal. You've got a diode laser, which is a plate. There's not a crystal involved in that. And that is an energy device that is great for all skin types, but doesn't go as deep as what would be considered a YAG laser, which is your next level up. And that is another crystal again. And that is going to be very concentrated, super, super, uh, past the, the, um, 
the water levels and go straight for that hair follicle at the bloodline level and really deposit direct energy without bothering the skin tones. That's something, Marissa, that you specialize in. Yeah. So the ND YAG is going to be the deepest laser hair removal device that you're going to find that bypasses the epidermis. So it's not melanin absorbing. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a device. If you have a clientele of a lot of uh, patients of skin of color, and then the diode is actually really this kind of the safest for all. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing, one term that I learned over the weekend was when in doubt, YAG it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a device where you could use that YAG feature. You'll, you're going to be able to treat all skin types, but the diode is actually also very safe. And I'm seeing a lot of blends too. I'm seeing blends, you have yeah. one, the prime lace at loose mm-hmm. prime lace, the blend tip is a different, it's, I believe a 1064, uh, 755. And I, I forgetting how the different blend types, but I'm seeing a lot of that. Yeah. It's an Alex di- diode and a, a, a YAG. And those blends come on these multi, multi-purpose machines that Marissa was talking about, but be careful with that because, you know, a, a client is not going to feel the biggest pinch. And that's kind of the standard that clients want to feel. It's like, I don't feel the rubber band snap. It's because even though you're depositing that direct energy, you've got really, really good amount of, um, of curating that blood flow, but you are not, necessarily going to, because it's, it's blend, it's going, you know, at a deeper level, it's, um, and, and surpassing that, um, the, the epidermis, you aren't feeling as much. So it's a little bit of a difference in the experience of your client, but you have to be able to coach your clients because what they, what do they feel? It didn't work. I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, those are the conversations that start popping up. Um, so be looking for those. The other thing with the crystal type lasers, like an Alex or a YAG, you're not going to be able to workhorse it. And that's the one thing that I learned over the years is I, we used to have crystal-based lasers. Um, those crystals get weak and you have to replace them and you have to, and they, they cost more. Um, a diode, you can run a diode for years because it's a plate. It's a literal like copper plate or metallic plate in that. And you are literally depositing that energy, you know, running on those systems over and over again, as long as you keep the maintenance up and you keep it nice and hydrated and cleaned out, you know, ventilation, all that good stuff, you can run a diode for years. So to me, my favorite um, of all technologies is to really, since it works on all skin types, it's super easy and it can last for a long time without problems and having to replace parts is to work with a diode laser um, in all of our locations first. And then if you have the um, the funds to have, like what you mentioned, you know, we have a blend and more of the sophisticated depths and all of that, um, then evolve to those types of lasers next. And that way you cover all your bases. So you will get definitely um, great bang for your buck with the diode, but always good to have the more specialized for those different um, skin types, especially, you know, it's the dark skin um, concern for um, the YAG, but also we have a lot of light skin, you know, lighter hair color um, that is very hard for the laser to see. So now Alexandrite is a little bit better fit for that. So it's just kind of a mixed um, mixed modality in, in some cases with those blends. I like the diodes because it doesn't create a lot of fumes either. IPO. Exactly. Alex and ND YAG, usually there's fumes and it can get pretty stinky. Stinky. And also it's dangerous. Um, that's called plume. 
Yeah. You don't want to be inhaling those plumes. Yeah. And when the plume comes out, you know, off the laser and the reason why diode is not allowing so much of that plume to happen. Um, and sometimes if you're wearing masks and stuff, that's obviously avoidable, but, um, is that, you know, you're using usually a gel application. So it's direct contact to the skin and that plume gets caught up in that gel. Whereas if you're in, in those plumes are actually pretty toxic and they can actually get, um, lodged in your lungs. And there's a lot of, you know, studies on people that have been doing, you know, laser treatments for a long period of time, uh, you know, inhaling those plumes, um, definitely look into that before you buy a laser, because there's definitely something, there's some science behind that too. You can get a smoke evacuator for your room, mm-hmm. a separate one. If you have a medical assistant that can hold that for you, although that sounds like a complete, um, like to have to have a medical assistant in the room with you while doing full legs is a little, I don't think that's very cost-effective or, um, finding, uh, you can get the smoke evacuators are actually built into some of the laser hair removal devices. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely be asking for those in reference to laser hair removal too. That is one of the more, the, the safer machines. If you're looking for overseas machines, our, our prime lays actually came from Europe. We were one of the first people to carry it. If you're looking for overseas machines, if you're looking for white label boxes, all of that, a diode is going to be your safest bet because that way, you know, that you're pretty much getting a very, very just practical machine, not a whole lot of guesswork. And you know that you're not depending on the quality of crystals and all of the different things that could go wrong. It's just going to work for you. So I am a big fan of, you know, when you're talking about laser hair removal to navigate in those areas. I am not a big fan though, of people just selling them just to sell them without any kind of codes. So the government in many cases has, um, especially in States like Texas, we had to actually turn in, um, serial numbers and, um, F, uh, FTA approved, um, standardization for these lasers before we could use them on patients. Not all States require that. Um, in fact, most States don't require that. And so what ends up happening is that it's, it's literally, you go on, on any of these like websites, you can order a a machine from China and it'll be on your doorstep within two weeks. And no idea though, if it's been FDA approved or if there's any kind of paperwork on it, and then you don't really know, is it truly firing at these levels? Um, you know, 1064 level or any of those different, you know, frequencies Or are you depositing maybe more energy into the skin? Are you depositing not enough energy? You really don't have anything clear. So be very leery of buying, you know, overseas machines, unless you've gotten those um, FDA approval codes and you know exactly what you're getting into, because there is no giving it back. There's no getting a refund on those situations. And worse, there is no... Um, nothing you can say in front of someone that maybe claims you burn them that you are really operating at a legit level. And that's going to have so much, you know, knowledge and and science and stuff behind it. If you really don't even know what you're, what you're operating and it's, it's becoming more prevalent now where these machines are just making it into the country because there's no laws, you know, you can ship a machine in doesn't mean that you can use it all always, but it's just a piece of equipment at the end of the day. So there's nothing, no legal, you know, nothing protecting from that happening. Um, No support with, of the laser either. Right. Support is a big piece. You know, um, I want to, before we get into the IPL Q switch conversation, um, those types of lasers, I want to also share, you know, one of the biggest things that you're going to find over time, 
um, right now is that your laser repair houses, laser um, second uh, generation laser houses, people that do refurbs, those are probably one of your most valuable assets that you can have as a practitioner, as a doctor, as a med spa owner. And here's why your reps are going to tell you how wonderful these machines are, because obviously, again, it's their job to sell them. But the the houses that work on these machines, the people that are actually super skilled at knowing how these machines break down, how you need to, how often you need to replace them. I've had so much benefit from talking to my, um, my repair houses. And there's a good, probably five of them, um, which we'll share in the notes um, that we like to work with um, nationwide that really, truly know their stuff, really understand the, the, just anatomy of these lasers, why they break down, how long they're going to last and whether or not one brand is going to be superior to another. They're very, very vocal about that. Um, It's like buying cars. You know, there's certain brands that are just meant to be in the shop and there's other ones that you can just run forever and it's just not going to be a problem. Um, So definitely look for those types of resources from your folks that are in the business of fixing these lasers and know how to, how all the parts work and where you can get the parts and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, IPL. So let's t- touch on that. You're a big fan of IPL. Love IPL. First thing I ever learned still kind of just my passion and my baby. I love, um, I love doing IPL. I think for the right candidate, it just makes the biggest difference for mm-hmm. you, get, you get the most bang for your buck. I think with it mm-hmm. Price point for the little downtime, so IPL is good for, it's a good addition to your injectable treatments because it's quick, usually a 20 minute treatment removes brown spots and redness. And it also does stimulate a little bit of collagen. I wasn't convinced that it stimulated collagen when I first started using it, but now that I've dived into a lot of clinical studies, hmm. it actually does change a little bit of the gene expression of your skin. So and if you're using a lighter, I'm sorry, a deeper wavelength, if you're able to change those filters out, some of the IPLs, you can't change the filters out, but with some of the deeper lenses, you can actually go deeper within the skin and get some of that collagen stimulated. Yeah. To me, that's a, a win-win on many different levels. And it does, it, it is still a very high demanded service and one that can be done more and more people are getting them, you know, um, done at lesser, you know, price points, which is really great because it really does maintain a certain level of, um, consistency in the market when folks are able to really continue on their services without having to like wait for a special or wait to have to get it, you know, on a promo level. Um, but IPL also, in my opinion, is a great staple because like Marissa said, it doesn't take very long. You can add it to pretty much any treatment. As long as the skin type, the Fitzpatrick is a good fit, you're off and running and you can really make a difference in someone's appearance, you know, by just removing all of those, you know, just dark spots, veins, things that are just not appealing when it comes down to that, you know, overall just buff, beautiful skin. Um, so IPL is definitely going to be a great one to look into. Again, same concept, lots of IPL machines coming into the market. There's little home care IPL machines now that I actually bought some and tested them out for their, their IPL machines that work for laser hair removal. And so they're little home care devices. Those are great. There's big possibility of burning with those, but I bought them for the purpose of just understanding what's coming in as far as just trends. And, you know, people are loving these home care IPL devices. 
coach your clients. You know, it's not the same amount of energy. It's definitely not clinical level. Um, but yeah, you can get some, you know, some side effects of IPL. You do get some hair removal. That's kind of how it works. That's why it was originally used for that. Those home devices, I just, I don't understand the, the wattage. I mean, if it's, it's a home device. So if it, if it's battery powered, because if we're using a much higher wattage for our in-office IPLs, I just question the effectiveness of it. I'm not trying to say that they don't work. I just, I don't know enough about it. Actually, somebody asked me if they can use, uh, refer me to a company that's trying to develop one because I know my experience with it. I saw a few ads too on social yeah, uh, IPL and it said doesn't require goggles, but it's a bright flash of light. So how safe is that for the eyes and right. laser safety? So that was my whole MO is to like, I wanted to order a bunch of them just to start testing them out myself and see yeah. if they work. And I've, I've been using them on my husband and, you know, it's just kind of like, does it really take, take off hair? And it, yeah, I mean, they do, it does. Um, it does delay the hair growth. I'm not sure that enough energy is getting because it's IPL is a superficial kind of thing. And we're, again, this isn't something you would have for your practice, but it's something you should know about that they are flooding the market right now um, so that you can then coach your clients accordingly. Um, those devices are, you know, they're coming into the space fast and furious and people are buying them up because, you know, they want to save money. Again, this new economy, you know, stuff going on is going to require people to start thinking, you know, how can I save money? And so they're buying up these devices. So coach your clients accordingly. It's a superficial treatment. It's not going to go deep into the hair follicle and kill off the hair entirely. It will, you know, retard the hair. I guess that's the term that they use on the, on the pamphlet to slow it down and it will, you know, help it die off eventually if you do enough of them, but you also have to kind of do them every day, which um, is not, you're depositing energy regularly into your skin, which again, coach your clients. The more you do that, the more you can, you know, open yourself up to be photosensitive, to create dark spots, to create other complications. So um, you, you can't tell clients no, because they're not going to listen to you, but you can coach them with good knowledge so that they can make informed decisions and trust you as the provider later on when it's time to get more of the professional treatments done, which they always will come back to you if you're taking that position um, of, I'm not going to tell you, no, don't do things, but I'm going to help you just kind of navigate it with good knowledge. Then those types of devices, you know, will make their way into their hands, but ultimately they'll get kind of them like, you know, I just really, it's like anything else, you know, people used to get waxed and they bought waxing and epi whatever's, you know, for years, but you still go, you know, and get certain things waxed. I mean, some people do, other people are obviously more, you know, into the laser, but um, same with hair, you can color your roots at home, but you still go to the salon. And so people will make their way back to, to your chair. Don't worry about that. Um, but it's good to know about. And so sorry. I see a lot of IPLs on sale on eBay. <laughs> on eBay as well. Yeah. I mean, and these are a lot of times again, foreign markets are, are flooding the market because they know it's a hot commodity and people like it. Um, but you have to, if you're going to get anything off of eBay, I'm a big fan of finding parts on eBay. I love finding like replacement parts when I want to get a hose or a quick new casing for one of the hand pieces or anything like that. But if you're buying full on machines from eBay, you got to make sure that you have those, um, those FDA codes and make sure that you're really operating something that is going to be safe. Ultimately, again, if you're ever in a lawsuit, God forbid, um, you have that knowledge that, you know, okay, my machines are legit. I had them, you know, certified and they are in, I, everything I've done is by the book. So you don't, you don't ever want to be guessing, you know, what I used on this patient and hope, hoping it's legit. Any other points on IPL, Marissa? Because I know you're, you're a big trainer on this and you know so much about it. 
Um, no, I mean, I think it's, it's, there's definitely a learning curve with it. But one thing I want to mention is just keep in mind that on the interface and on the device, it's going to say that you can treat skin type five. And that's where it kind of becomes a little bit hairy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I usually tell the offices that I train, do a test spot. If you think they might be a skin type four or five, and it's actually, you're doing them a disservice if you're trying to treat a skin type five, but you have to lower your parameters when you could have re recommended to them a different treatment modality, and they could have got their brown spots treated in three sessions versus five, six, seven IPLs at a lower setting. And right. you're just going to be at more risk of burning with IPL if you're trying to treat those skin type fives. And also I saw that you have a new stencil too, that you are really enjoying to use. No, I just selling that right, right now. Right. Yeah. I developed a stencil because, uh, so we get them from the company you got one of them from Alma. Yeah. You can't get them replaced. They're like, you get lost. Yeah, <laughs> and throw it away. They get thrown out with the trash. Yeah. Cause they're white and they look like our table paper. Yeah. So I know we've lost them at loose and I did a search on eBay. I looked just, I don't even know what they're called because I would just put intense pulse light spot size stencil mm -hmm. I find anywhere on the internet. And I found an online company that can make stencils. So I ordered some proofs and I'm going to see how they look and I, I'm going to start selling them. If I think they're good. I think that's great. I'll be first to buy them. Cause I know yeah. we <laughs> we're using little like paper stencils. We should have like a really good, you know, plastic one. Um, yeah. Okay. Heading over to Q switch. So Q switch is an amazing technology. I love the Q switch technology in the sense that you can really get some good, um, over, basically it surpasses the, the, the top layer of the skin and it goes right to that collagen deposit area. I'll let you get more clinical on those terms, yeah. but okay. helps you really, really get that skin tightening. There's a lot of Q switch devices out there. Do you want to share a little yeah. bit on that? You see, there's ones that are like the clear lift, which mm -hmm. is good for collagen stimulation. It's a, I believe it's a 50, uh, it can help with collagen stimulation with very minimal downtime. Mm -hmm. And there's also the 532 or 1064, which can be for tattoo removal, for brown spot removal, but there's a little bit more heat going in a little, the 532. So the, the, the smaller, the number, the more superficial. So a 532 is going to be more superficial than a 1064. Mm -hmm. so 532, you're going to be more at risk for burning, but also blistering. We use it a lot for tattoo removal mm -hmm. and you can get bleeding, which is going to be your endpoint. You don't want to see with that. So the, the customers or the patients shouldn't be bleeding with the 532. You need to low, lower your jewels a little bit. So Q switch is great. I love it for brown spot removal. So I have a, which one do I have? I don't have the luminous one, but I have the roar and we use that one a lot for um, brown spot removal, tattoo removal. We're not heavy on it. We don't do a ton of tattoo removal, but I, I love it. I mean, I feel like you get the spot size is really small, so you can just target the spots that you're wanting to treat, um, within the right, um, settings. And you just want to make sure that your spot size is as big as possible. So on, on ours, there's a little dial mm -hmm. where you can change the spot size, the smaller your spot size, the stronger the energy is going to go into the laser. So for, I use an example as, you know, those little attachments you can put on a hose to make the water come out stronger. So you can mm -hmm. 
use water pressure to clean your pavers or your yard or whatever. So when you have those tiny little spot size tips on your hose, the water comes out much stronger. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the spot size. If you have a small spot size, that energy is going to come right through much stronger. So you have to be really careful on checking your spot sizes to make sure that you're not using too small because you will burn a hole in somebody's skin if you're not adjusting that spot size. But I love Q-Switch for the Q-Switch is used for a wide range of things, but I love it because it's very universal, mm-hmm. um, all skin types with the yep. Q-switch for the skin removal, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the skin tightening and collagen stimulation. You just need to have their patient expectations really clear because they do need, you know, five, six treatments. Mm-hmm. Although we've seen patients that have seen a difference after two or three. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's such a great universal machine. Um, you know, definitely be looking at any, like Marissa said, you can do tattoo removal with it. You can do skin tightening with it has tons and tons of benefits and you really will get your return on investment with a Q-switch. You can market it as a skin tightening device. You can market it as a, you know, dark spot removal, brightening device, um, for all skin types. You can market it as, you know, straight up tattoo removal. It's so it, and, and usually right now in the market, there's some really good deals and lots of different folks that are, you know, getting a little bit, that's one thing that's happening. I'm seeing over and over again is that, you know, as we're going into more of a recession and those types of conversations, people are starting to sell their machines and get rid of them. Look for those opportunities join those Facebook groups, join the, you know, look on, you know, online, um, go on eBay. You're going to see a ton of machines, um, surrendered machines coming into the marketplace that are still really great and you can get a great price. You just don't have to, um, you may not have the support, um, and the training on them, but that's why you would reach out to all these houses that offer that the repair houses usually have support, um, designated support trainers. You're one of, you're one of their trainers, right? Marissa, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I train with MRP too. So yeah. There's a device, a refurbished device or used device, and they're usually all very good shape. I mean, the devices that I've trained on, they practically look brand new. Yeah. Those, those houses do a great job of really sending you amazing, amazing, you know, technology. That's really, it looks brand new, but it may just be a little used and that's okay. You know, that's where you get to really just ask those questions and have more of that knowledge. They're going to educate you. I promise they're really educate you. Yeah. Um, Training company is not offering, or if it's a refurbished device or you're buying it from a third party or whatever the case may be, you can bring in a private trainer and we can kind of go over all of the the physics, all everything there is to know about that wavelength of light and treat patients with it. So there are private training courses that you can find if you buy a used laser. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then radio frequency. Radio frequency is kind of the new babe of the market that everyone's talking about, like have to do, you know, there's, there's flat radio frequency without the needles. There's also needle micro needle radio frequency and that those machines are popping up like crazy. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not necessarily a laser. Mm-mm. No, no it's, either. no, it's, it's basically just heat. It's using a device to, cause a positive and it attracted to the water molecules mm-hmm. in the skin. And it's either a monopolar or a bipolar device. So monopolar, usually you have to have the patient wear a grounding pad for it. 
and the energy goes through the patient's body back to that grounding pad and comes back up to the target area. And that's how it heats up the skin or bipolar device where there's no grounding pad needed and there's electrodes inside of the handpiece and those um, electrodes heat up the target area of your spot size. And also with the spot size, you know, you want to also know if you're working with someone that is um, offering uh, the depth is a big deal because you can go very deep with some of these. Um, and then also, which makes the comfort level and the marketability of your machine that much more um, of an objective, but also if they're working with insulated needles versus non-insulated needles and how you can hyperpigment people with these devices as well. Right. You have some thoughts on that as well, Marissa, because I think that we were talking about that. Yeah, there's different, so there's two different types of needles, like you said. So the non-insulated doesn't have a coating and the insulated does have a coating. So the non-insulated is going to cause more hyperpigmentation on your darker skin types, but also your patients that are prone to hyperpigmentation. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing you, I think we both hyperpigment very easily, right? We're mm -hmm. all of skin types. Yeah. And we could hyperpigment from the non-insulated needles. So that assessment beforehand is important. If you have a high population of melanated skin in your practice, you want to make sure you're getting those insulated needles. However, I've, I've talked to a few skin of color experts. Some of them are actually using non-insulated on darker skin types, but what's different is the energy of the device. So mm -hmm. your energy, you just want to make sure that you're not going full force and going high up on your jewels. So that, and the pre-treatment of it also is important. So pre-treating with the hydroquinone or a tyrosinase inhibitor to prevent that hyperpigmentation, but non-insulated, um, it's, I think that's actually more common than mm -hmm. insulated needles. And it's going to be more, I think it's actually more comfortable when mm -hmm. they're insulated versus the non-insulated. Yeah. Cause it surpasses all those nerve endings and everything. And it really does deposit that direct heat, um, at the end of the needle versus all the way around. So that's something to be looking for and definitely understanding your, um, your RF intensity and understanding those settings. Um, but there are tons and tons of machines and options out there. You don't have to, you know, settle on one, um, get definitely, again, it's the hot ticket item. Celebrities are posting all about their treatments and it's a big, you know, conversation piece right now. Like what I experienced with the cool sculpting stuff years ago when it was a hot ticket item. And then all of a sudden it was just very hard to sell. Um, we actually gave up our cool sculpting machine because of that. Not to say that some practices are actually super successful with them. I find that the plastic surgery centers are super successful with them, but as a standalone, it was just not conducive for us. Mm -hmm. Um, same thing with radio frequency. It's going to work for some people. It's going to work really well for some people and other folks. They may have more complications, hyperpigmentation. Also, we're kind of learning about there's, there's nodules that are starting to show up in the skin where people are getting radio frequency. And, um, and that's something to also be super aware of is like, are you prone to getting, you know, scarring? Are you prone to having any kind of complications when it comes down to anything ablative? Um, those are conversations you want to have. And they're kind of, because I, I call them kind of the babe of the market, because they're kind of starting to take the place of, if not fully, um, in some practices of like the CO2 fractional machines, which were all the hot, you know, rave, just maybe about five years ago, people were doing a lot of CO2 and fractional pieces. And that's fine if you can manage that injury, because at that point, your patient does have downtime. Um, those are going to be harder to sell in a lot of cases. Those are going to be patients that are really, you know, educated and understand the value of 
that deeper ablative type of treatment, you're not going to be able to cash flow it as fast, but the price point for each treatment is going to be much higher with your CO2 fractional treatments. Um, any thoughts on that, Marissa? Yeah, I think there's a place for all of them. I mean, I think that there's a place for CO2, for radiofrequency. I think, I think radiofrequency is attractive to a lot of patients because of the little downtime, right? which is great. I mean, you can go in and get a radiofrequency treatment without the microneedling or with, I mean, some of them don't, there's not a lot of downtime with them. Mm -hmm. The Morpheus, way more downtime with that one because the needles are going a lot deeper. But I think that patients like it because they can pretty much go about their day and no one would even know that they had anything done. And speaking about CO2 laser, I've never operated a CO2. I've never been trained in it, but I know a good amount about it. Mm-hmm. CO2s are definitely a harder sell because of what you said, mm-hmm. but also if you don't have a population or a clientele that doesn't need CO2s. And what right. I mean is I live up in the suburbs and most of my patients are over the age of 40. And a lot of them have spent their years in the sun, their younger years, and they are, you know, they have accelerated aging of the skin, very deep wrinkles, very um, tan skin that, you know, they haven't been taking care of their skin. That's going to be your clientele where you're going to probably need a CO2. I'm hoping we can get one in this next year. We just don't have the space for it. But if your population is younger or a little bit more, um, what, what's, what's it? not millennial. What did you say? It's Gen X. Xers. Yeah. Us, us Xers. There's about five of us, but yeah. <laughs> well, the, the younger generation is what I mean. The, those, those patients are not usually going to be candidates for CO2 unless they are, uh, they have acne scars. Yeah. So it's usually a one and done, but it's the CO2, the patients that I've heard that have done CO2, they usually say they don't want to do it again because it's very painful. It's, yeah. Depends so on that's, yeah. that's why I feel like RF has kind of taken the the space that a CO2 or an, a, fraction, a fractional has, you know, paved um, because like I said, like you said, the, the whole thing was, you know, much easier to manage, easier downtime, not as painful and uh, people will come back over and over again. So on a financial level, I would say definitely an RF machine of any capacity is going to pay off in, you know, in spades way more than a CO2 or fractional type of device would. Um, but again, if you're specializing in those, those type of treatments, then, you know, and full on skin rejuvenation and you're, you want your spa or you want your practice to reflect that you do overhaul the skin really well, those CO2 fractional devices, there's just nothing like them. You know, the next step is, well, in correlation, I would say would be like deep medical peels and things that are just really taken off that top layer and just making incredible, incredible amounts of difference for people, especially like people with super big scarring and um, problem, problem skin like that. Yeah, I think we're really educated too. This generation is very educated on skincare. And I, I'm going to predict this. I think in about 20 years or so, the CO2s are probably not going to be in use anymore, maybe even longer than that, because why we're doing these radio frequency treatments, we're doing these IPLs, and there's not going to be a need for those CO2s because our skin's not going to age like our parents did. Right. And that's what we're seeing is like, we had talked about this in prior episodes that, you know, millennials are way more informed about products, ingredients, you know, technology, knowledge on all these different levels. And so when navigating, you know, lifestyle choices, it's really all about keeping a good, healthy lifestyle and keeping those, those maintenance pieces up. And so not, whereas, you know, us Xers and even the boomers before us, we were out in the sun with our baby oil for hours. It was like no yeah. big deal. You don't look like you did though. No, 
like you look 25. So thank you. Thank you. I actually learned early in life about the the blessing of SPF and I started young with my SPF, but um, yeah, it's, it's very much a different trend. So I I agree with you. I think that CO2 and fractional are going to kind of become obsolete after a while because the market's just not going to want it or need it um, as much. Um, any other points you want to share, Marissa, before we wrap? Cause I really feel like this is such a, oh, you, you went to a, you had some points on a place you can actually learn more about lasers online, right? Um, online. Yeah. So I'm actually, so I can do like a one hour zoom consultation, everything about lasers, but I could also do like a FaceTime type of virtual training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is uh, American society of aesthetic medicine. I'm wait, I'm trying to remember what the acronym acronym is. It's American society of laser medicine and surgery. There we go. Mm-hmm. ASLMS. So you can join their membership. They have a lot of resources. There's a conference every year where you can get laser training and we don't see a lot of laser training out there, right? We see everything injectables, injectables, right? You don't see a lot of laser training. So there's some good textbooks you can buy. There's the courses or the, um, conference you can do, go to for ASLMS, AMSPA and the ISPAN conference are now starting to do workshops for lasers, which that's kind of something that's new that I haven't seen in previous conferences. So seek those out. And I know being a trainer, I know how it goes where we feel that we didn't learn enough during that one day training. And there's just, there's so much to know. There's no way you can learn how that laser performs in one day. It takes months. It takes almost years to actually see what that laser is going to do for those, your patient's skin. So, um, invest in your education, continue to learn, get in touch with your colleagues that might have the same devices. So I started a luminous support group on Mm. Facebook for everyone that owns a luminous device. So you can go there to answer, to ask questions about the devices. You can just search the name of your laser that you that you own, and you can see if there's a Facebook Facebook group for it. But that's a great way to kind of get in touch with your colleagues, to bounce ideas off, and sort of work use that device to its maximum capacity. Which is what it's all about. You know, you've got to keep, keep that laser buzzing if you really want to see return on investment, and you know, find ways to really, really keep those pieces also maintain without having to spend huge money on, you know, those, those warranties that can be so pricey. Um, There's some really good ways to just work around um, all of these and the knowledge is everything. When do you think is a good time for an office to buy a laser? Cause I think that question comes up a lot. You know, I feel like it's a must have initially for everyone to have at least a laser hair removal and an IPL device before you even get started. Um, and because here's the thing, it's like, if you're, if you're going into metastatics, it depends again on what you're going to be focusing on as your specialty. If you're going to metastatics for the purpose of doing, being an injector, then, you know, obviously that wouldn't be a fit, but if you really do want to market yourself as, you know, a, a balanced med spa with lots of different services, you kind of have to have those two, um, as a starting point. We always start all our franchises off on those levels. And then we encourage that they get a skin tightening Q switch device of some sort. And now we're starting to venture into um, encouraging our franchisees to carry on RF microneedling um, in lieu of carrying a, a CO2 fractional. Again, those are recommendations as a franchisor on what they should carry, but um, it, it's just been proven for us mm-hmm. over the years. Like you said, though, I feel like millennial generation is a lot more in touch with skincare and health. So IPL may not be as in demand as it has been in the last five to 10 years, um, going into this next, um, 
I guess, aging era of, of the millennial generation may slow down quite a bit, but you can also cross, you know, use the IPL for other things. So, you know, it's never a bad device to have. You cannot, you know, ever, you know, not do laser hair removal, in my opinion, if you want to have a bread and butter business, because there's just no, nothing like it. Good advice. Yeah. Anyhow, guys, well, thanks for joining us. We love talking shop with you and sharing all good knowledge. Please do share your information and your questions with us. You can find us. Um, Marissa, what's your website? Nursemarissa.com, Marissa with one S. And please send us your podcast ideas. We want to hear what you guys want yes. to talk about. And I, we have tons to talk about. We already have some podcasts, I think, lined up coming up over the next few weeks. But send us your ideas and let us know what you guys want to hear. Absolutely. And you can find me and all my information at looselounge, L-U-Z lounge.com. Thanks guys. And we will catch up with you next time. Bye.